0: Welcome to this special edition of Mile High Theology uh, because we are on a summer break from our public and live gatherings. I will be um, interviewing a number of people in my office and also sharing some reflections of my own uh, through September. And today we're going to begin with a reflection on scripture and the playful dance between scripture, tradition, reason, and personal experience. Some time ago, I came across a great devotional thought from the Society of St. John the Evangelist, which is a religious order of the Episcopal Church in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And this is the quote that I found. The Anglican tradition is to revere the scriptures but to understand that they must be both interpreted and viewed alongside the other ways of God's revelation. To understand authority as a graceful synergy, that's a great, great term, a graceful synergy between scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. One of the questions that I um, enjoy hearing from people in my work as a parish priest is, so what do we do about the Bible? Um, And specifically with people who come from more fundamentalist Christian backgrounds, and that is um, the perennial question of Christianity. Um, What is the Bible? What is our relationship to it? And what does a healthy Relationship with Scripture look like one of the gifts of Anglican tradition, as I mentioned in the quote earlier, is in Anglicanism we and Anglicanism is kind of the broad term for the family of churches that the Episcopal Church belongs to globally. And in Anglicanism, and my eyes just started watering really bad. I'm not emotional about the Bible, but my eyes are watering. Um, one of the the great gifts of this tradition is that scripture is not a burden. Scripture is not a taskmaster. Scripture is a conversation partner. And as a conversation partner, scripture is able to um, give us a perspective and a holy perspective, um, but we are not limited to scripture alone. I know that there are some Christian traditions that we respect and that we appreciate that say um, scripture alone is sufficient for the way we understand Christian faith and practice. That's a great thought. Um, Those people could be um, characterized as, um, as people who have great reverence for the scriptures. But just because a person doesn't understand the Bible to be sort of the final um, word or the final judgment or um, the final reference for Christian life does not mean that a person indeed disrespects the Bible. I think this light is a little bright, and I think that that's why my eyes is watering. So, so think about it this way in terms, like this quote said, of graceful synergy, that um, as we understand it synergy is is sort of this coming together of of really wonderful and and helpful forces to create something good and beautiful And so this quote says that that we are at our best when we understand the graceful synergy between scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Our United Methodist friends would call that, the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. It's a framework for addressing very difficult and fraught questions about Christian faith and interpretation and doctrine. It can also be a very helpful framework um, as we think about current events, whether it's politics or media or trends in culture. It's just a, a, a helpful way of understanding the world. Um, a, a Bible professor of mine in college um, talked about scripture, tradition, reason. He did not talk about experience, but talked about the three. Um, in, in terms of in the Bible, actually, um, specifically in the Hebrew Bible, there was a custom of not believing something that someone said unless there were two Or three witnesses. And so scripture can never be the only witness for us. If it's the only witness, then it is in some way, uh, we are in some way not able to make an informed decision about judgment, um, about, you know, sober judgment about the way we live our lives and the way we organize our households, the way we organize our communities and our government and 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 any other ways that we do community together as human beings. So we can never take scripture alone. We can never take tradition alone. We can never take um, reason alone, and we can never take experience alone. They all have to be in conversation with one another. In some ways, it balances us, in some ways, it makes us more whole and more full as human beings. And in other ways, it gives us um, a variety of, of perspectives and opinions and approaches to, to really difficult questions about life. I think... Um, For instance, about the creation stories in Genesis, and I did say that correctly, there are two creation accounts given in the book of Genesis, and that might scare some people who um, think of scripture in in a literal way, but there's no reason to be scared of this. So as we know, two different but similar creation accounts, one in Genesis 1, and one in Genesis 2. And what that says um, very early on in the Bible, whether it be in the Jewish tradition or in various Christian traditions, is that God and holy people and prophets and writers and sages throughout history are not afraid of two perspectives sitting alongside each other, There may be contradictions, there may be disagreements, and that should not threaten or scare us. Uh, We are also taken to the New Testament and the way it's organized, at least in the West with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four different um, accounts of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, there is kind of one underlying message But each gospel has its own flavor, its own ethos, its own feel, its own biases, just like any work of literature. And a helpful way, actually about um, 10 years ago, I was reading a lovely book by Brian McLaren, and it's a chapter in the book. It's called A New Kind of Christianity, and this chapter is on the Bible, in particular. And in this chapter, McLaren goes over what it looks like for us to approach the Bible, not as a rule book, and not as sort of this flat book with one message, but as a library of books. And like any modern library, there are lots of different forms of literature. There are there Lots of genres of literature, poetry, prose, um, investigative works, um, what some people might call trashy grocery store novels. Um, There are lots of different books with lots of different flavors in a library. Um, That does not mean the library is bad. It does not mean the library is a place to be afraid of. It's actually a strength because a library says something very specific and yet general about human life and experience. And that, at the end of the day, is what the Bible is doing for us through sacred poetry, prose, literature, Myth, in the best sense of that word, myth. Through gospel accounts, through personal correspondencies from people like St. Paul, uh, people writing in the name of St. Peter and St. James and others. You have apocalyptic literature like the Revelation to John, which ends the Bible in such a powerful and colorful way. Other apocalyptic literature in Scripture. You have uh, the book of Daniel, um, which was also an ABC series that featured an Episcopal priest. Um, You have kind of these um, history books like 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and then of course the Psalms uh, in their profundity and diversity. Um, it depicts human life and experience with a range. You have Psalms that, that ask where God is in the middle of suffering. And you have other Psalms that um, extol the name of God and extol um, God's presence in one's life. And so one of the great things that we can learn from the Bible is that it's okay for a lot of different perspectives to be in the room at one time. Um and if we're uncomfortable with that, it says more, not it says more actually about us um than it does about the Bible itself. One of the the, the beautiful pieces of literary theory is the fact that interpretation is always left up to the individual and to the community um, in which the individual is reading a book or a work. And I hope that that is one thing that I can take away from this and that you can take away from this that scripture is open to interpretation. We should not be threatened by that. Um, scripture is always being read from our own biases and our own experiences, colored by things we've gone through, colored by other books we've read, by conversations we've had, by difficult um, life patches we might be going through. Scripture is also being read um, in a long line, in a long tradition of people who have wrestled With the Bible, who have wrestled with what belongs and what doesn't, um, who have wrestled with their own kind of identity before God and before the people of God. And so when you are wrestling with the Bible, when you are wrestling with uh, Christianity or with a huge question about your own life, um, you are in good company because. Um, the best saints in in history, um, the the most profound saints in your own life, have wrestled with the same thing. And so, I would invite you to to wrestle with Scripture, and in the words of this beautiful collect from um, the Book of Common Prayer, to hear, read, mark, learn. And inwardly digest scripture that you might embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which God has given you and has given all of us in Jesus Christ our Lord. So I hope that you will tune in next time to our next conversation, which will be about tradition and that graceful synergy of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Um, And that if you have questions from Facebook Live or would like to um, reach us by email, just email me at broderick at sjcathedral.org. And we would love to um, incorporate your questions in our next time together. Also, a quick plug, um, we have the author Austin Channing Brown, who will be coming to St. John's Cathedral on June 14th at 7 p.m., Please do join us. She's written a wonderful new book called I'm Still Here Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. And it's a memoir of hers um, that is searing and illuminative in so many different ways. I will be hosting that conversation with her and Pastor Nadia Boltz Weber, author of many different New York Times bestselling books among which is her newest book, Accidental Saints, and they will be signing their books after our time together on June 14th. I look forward to seeing you then, and thank you again for tuning in with us today on Mile High Theology. See you soon.